This is NBA Midcourt, starting right now. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Midcourt with your host, junior NBA analyst, Hunter Hempstead. Today is Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019. Second full day of the free agency period. Coming to you recorded via the Anchor app, available on iOS and Google Play. Start your podcast today. Of course, sponsored and brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts. Service is our best part. And TSO, the official watch of the NBA. I can confirm. These are better than a Rolex. Some shine on your wrist. Get one. I'm going to jump right in to uh, the up-to-date free agent signings that's happened today. We'll go down the list. Only a few. Ain't like last Ain't like last episode. Somebody's going on and on and on, but got to let y'all know what's going on around the league. First thing we got here is uh, we got Kevon Looney going back to Golden State. He's got bird rights, so Golden State can kind of kill the cap a little bit to keep him back on a three-year, $15 million deal. Sources say that is fully confirmed, or I say fully guaranteed. There's no option at the end of that contract. We got Anthony Tolliver, you know, veteran stretch player, about 6'9", 6'10", can shoot the ball. Uh, he's on a one-year, $2.6 million deal with the Blazers. He'll pick up some minutes after players like, you know, Myers Leonard, Al Farouk Aminu, and uh, Mo Harkless are on their way out. He'll, he'll pick up some minutes from that they left for him. Um, oh, my man. Isaiah Thomas, one-year deal with the Washington Wizards. You know, John Wall is going to be out, from what I'm hearing, he's going to be out all year this coming season, still rehabbing from injury. As we reported earlier, Ish Smith signed on with the Wizards. This is it. This right here, man. This is IT's opportunity to show that he he can still play like he did in Boston. You know, he had to had the hip surgery that definitely derailed of uh, just derailed his whole situation in the NBA with the Denver. The man didn't really play that much at all. Maybe like twenty or thirty games. But I mean, this he didn't see any minutes. And it was, hey, I hate horrible to see. I hated to see it. Wishing the best of luck in the Washington. Uh, details of that contract, I'm pretty sure, just might be maybe like $5 million or so. Uh, details of it haven't really been released yet. Comes like July 6th, we'll have confirmation of everything. We got uh, former Florida Gator, Dorian Finney-Smith, going back to Dallas on a three-year, $12 million deal. You know, pretty good forward. Definitely uh, provided some nice minutes as a backup last year. Dallas definitely earned uh, a better a better contract after how he played last year. A couple players going back to the Boston Celtics. We got uh, third-string point guard, former European player Brad Wanamaker, one-year minimum, back to Boston. And Daniel Tice, two years, $10 million, also back to Boston. It's glad they kept Tice back after, you know, the Horford leaving and uh, 
just the rest of that team not really having a starting five identity yet till you know after um, Kimball Walker signed on and his canner signed on I think the team will be all right but they'll definitely be uh, a few steps down from last season we got James Ennis going back to Philadelphia two years 4.1 million hopefully uh, he provides the shooting that you know he does have a good shot in my eyes uh, provides some more minutes more depth a better usage rate now that JJ Reddick's gone from the team as he went to New Orleans James Ennis you know he played with Houston definitely uh, put on a show off the bench for them you know I wouldn't say he was a 3 and D guy but you know he could create his shots and evidently like we've seen he got traded to Philadelphia was in and out of the rotation, you know, right after the trade, but seeing that they lost J.J. Redick and they're going to just, you know, keep a guy that's that knows the system pretty well. So props to James Ennis. And the last thing we have up to date here, um, the Warriors are pulling out, you know, everything out of the bag once again. They're making, you know, quality signings every single offseason. And this one comes... In my eyes, I was really surprised. I reported on this earlier that this man right here, former Sacramento King center Willie Cauley-Stein, eventually or evidently was, you know, waived and renounced rights by Sacramento Kings because he wanted a paycheck that they weren't willing to pay him. But he goes to Golden State on a one-year, $2 million deal. And he got the damn boogie contract out there, man. I'm going to call it right now. Make sure you time stamp right here on this podcast, on this episode. Come the trade deadline, D'Angelo Russell will be traded from this team. And I'll get, I'll talk about him later in the show. It's going to be the main course after the break. First thing I want to talk about, guy I just mentioned, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, ESPN's Woj. Adrian Wojnarowski was stating that there is no market available for what DeMarcus Cousins is wanting. Um, he was expected big teams to strike out and use up the cap so he could hope for a team to swoop him up for about a one-year to 12 to $18 million deal. You know, most teams now would have... Uh, most teams now would definitely be over the MLE exception and cap room at $9.2 million. So the only four teams out there right now that have more than that to spend are the Clippers, the Lakers. So both of them are waiting for you know Kawhi Leonard's decision. You might as well count them out. Bearing wherever Kawhi signs. And you got the Dallas Mavericks and the Atlanta Hawks. Now I keep saying Dallas should sign this guy. That's probably, you know, the best fit for him. Clippers, if they get Kawhi or not, Why would you sign him? You got Montrez Harrell. He's too good to play the bench role. I mean, Boogie played bench quite often last season, but I don't really think he's he's ready to go out there and give 30 minutes a night. He's got confidence in his game, in his body, and his health. You know, Demarcus may not even get signed, but I'm sure a team will woo him in for a season or two. Once again, Dallas will need a center. And, you know, what chance it would be to sign Cousins and give him, the, you know, 
28 to 32 minutes a night to see what this man could really do post-injury. You know, when he definitely got uh, some minutes given to him in uh, Golden State this past year, and there weren't heavy minutes at one time, but, you know, it was intervals, 10 minutes here, 8 minutes there, you know, quick 5-minute go around on the court, come back out. I feel like he could say, I feel like he could still play at a good, solid, competitive level, but you just got to give this man a contract, though. You know, if he's not signed by the end of the fourth, I'll be very surprised. At that point, you know, it, it might stretch to the net, to the following week to, you know, acquire him off of something. Hope one of those four teams just end up signing him just for the hell of it, you know what I mean? The Lakers strike out on Kawhi, I mean, hey. You know, Boogie had a really, really fun time playing with AD. Might as well bring him in one year minimum. Or you could sign him to the 9.2 million MLE exception if you feel like he deserves the money. But just hope this man gets signed, bro. That's all I, that's all I can really say. Um, next thing I definitely want to talk about that's still floating around every day in the news, of course, where is Kawhi Leonard going to sign? Now, ESPN's Brian Windhorst said this morning on first take that no one, and he mean, really means a zero single soul outside of Kawhi's camp, they have zero clues on what's being discussed and thought of behind the scenes. He also stated that, you know, this is probably the first time ever that a star caliber player such as Kawhi, that no one has a clue on what's going on. That's why the Lakers haven't made any other signings. You know, rumors, players lined up. There's been nothing come out of the Clippers. The Raptors have been quiet. I would imagine that those three teams probably know what's kind of going on right now. But I think Kawhi's camp is saying, I want you guys to sign as possible. I want to trust you guys. We can trust your franchise. We'll definitely be interested. And it's, it's a test right now. The only thing we know that, you know, so far that's for sure is that the Raptors are getting the final meeting with Kawhi Leonard. The funny thing here is Fox Sports analyst Chris Broussard, we all know how Chris Broussard is, he wrote a small piece on uh, Fox Sports Radio's Twitter page basically saying that, you know, Ellie Clippers have been told that they're for sure not getting Kawhi Leonard. So that is down to Toronto and the Lakers. And then everyone was, you know, retweeting it. And then instantly, probably three, four minutes later, post was deleted. So they know something, or he's like, all oh, you know, this is a big-ass lie. Excuse my language. This is a big lie. And it's going to, you know, come back around and potentially... Uh, not make me an employee of Fox Sports anymore. I'm pretty biased when it comes to, you know, media outlets, man. Basically, if it ain't ESPN or Sham Sharania from Stadium and The Athletic, I ain't believing it one bit. I give an exception to Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, you know, on their Undisputed show. Anyone else? Colin Coward, all them guys. Whatever comes out of their mouth is just a big bunch of bullcrap, man.
Fox Sports, they don't get the love from me. And the last report that we've seen so far that the whole Kawhi saga, the decision to come down where this man's going to be playing next year, could be made at the end of the week. Whether that be Friday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Until just a little bit ago, Chris Haynes basically spoke with everybody, supposedly. And he said it could take until the very, very, very last minute of July 4th. What a storyline that would be. The 4th of Kawhi Leonard. Making the biggest decision of this free agency period. Arguably other than, you know, Kevin Durant leaving Golden State. But we knew that was going to happen. We knew that was happening at the beginning of last season. He was out. He wasn't going to stay. He knew. He knew he was feeling like a second fiddle to Steph Curry. The team will always be Steph Curry's. I don't care who's on that team. Hell, you could put LeBron and Anthony Davis with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's three number one option. It's going to be interesting to see how it is with uh, KD and Kyrie. Even if Kyrie's calling the shots, I think it'll be all right. KD and Kyrie are super close friends, and they're both in a situation they both want to be in, so I feel like it's going to flourish for both of them. I'm really anticipate to see what's going on there, man. Before I get into the uh, main subject of this episode podcast, I want to uh, go ahead and take a quick break, and then I'll see you guys in a bit. It's the NBA Midcourt, sponsored by Kia, the official vehicle of the NBA, and Vivid Seats, tired of staying inside, think no more, experience the difference today. Buy sports, concert, and theater tickets from Vivid Seats, 100% buyer, guaranteed. Welcome to part number two of the NBA Midcourt. I want to talk about my boy D'Angelo Russell to round this this episode off here, man. Got a lot to cover here about D'Lo going to Golden State. Y'all know I hated that move. Because I know what's going to happen next. He's going to be leaving another team again. Won't even be 25 yet when we head into his fourth team, man. Sometimes that's not a good thing. Anyways, Danza Russell to Golden State. My eyes are very risky. An uncertain move for the post-Kevin Durant area of the Warriors. I uh, think we all know that we've heard rumors for the past week or more ago that the Warriors could have, you know, they could have seeked a sign and trade involving Kevin Durant, as they expected. They'd be leaving the team come free agency, and they expected correctly. But taking uh, Russell in, on the other hand, could be the obvious outcome, maybe. Maybe that could have been the obvious outcome of signing trade. You know, DeAnza Russell got a max contract, four years, 
117 million dollars. I would assume there's a player option on the end of that of that deal. But he got a max at age 23. I, I just don't think he was quite max level yet, man. He was like no more than 22 million annually, you know, a season. But the Golden State, you know, that seems like a big overpay in my eyes, like I said, you know. There's questions about Delos defense playing alongside Curry. Not to mention both players are ball-dominant guards. I don't know how it's going to work out come start of the season. You know, Clay Thompson's probably going to miss 50, 60 games until he comes back. You know, he might turn into the Wolverine. Heal up 30 games in a year and come back start of January. Who knows? I think the Warriors chose, you know, a quote of something of value through the additional cost. Actually, though, the additional cost was pretty significant in what they gave up to make this whole entire deal work, you know. Andre Gudala, the heart of your defense, heart of your bench unit. With the exception of Jamon Green on the defensive side, but Iguodala, he proved, man, like this, he fit this team perfectly. He gets dealt to Memphis just to, you know, cut the costs. Because the move that, you know, acquiring Russell triggered the hard cap. So they had to, they had to dump off a salary, or, you know, they dump off a contract that would fit, and Iguodala was the only one that worked, man. Doing that was just the only beginning, was only the beginning of the questions that we want to ask. He let go of Andre, two first-rounders. You know, likely the chance of bringing back any free agents from last year. The only thing we're going to get back is players really taking minimums or just going into luxury tax, man. You know, think what Golden State could have done with those two first-round picks. Just kept it. You know, ran the season how with the team they had, you know, before all these moves happened. Think about what could have they could have done with the first two picks. Just, you know, build shooting in depth around Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Could have been a better situation. You know, maybe they did this move to get Russell looking past Curry's prime. Plan on keeping D'Lo, you know, for a very long time from here on out. Just to keep, you know, the cap the capacity of, you know, player skill at that point guard position. You know, that's how this team is. It ran and runs with that point guard position. Curry comes out, Quinn Cooks handled the ball just as much. I mean, a lot of analysts out here are thinking that, you know, once the Warriors and once Clay Thompson is back to you know full go, full health, that they're going to trade for they're going to trade D'Lo for a better fitting key piece to the so-called dynasty. I'd probably call it a dynasty. Five straight years in the finals. They go three and two with the same core every season. To me, that's a dynasty. You know, one now said this, you know, 
start off, he said this, quote, D'Angelo Russell does not fit there whatsoever. They just did not want to see Kevin Durant walk out the door with no compensation. They will trade him. It's just a matter of when, end quote. Like I said, I don't like this move, so hopefully we do see when. Hopefully it's at this year's deadline. I said before in a podcast episode that D'Lo bounced around teams like this, man. I feel like it kind of hurts him a little bit. The Nets gave up on him. The man can play. I just don't see why they don't believe in him fully yet. Last quick thing is that, uh, you know, after this move was made, Golden State signed back Kevon Looney. You know, this team's bench unit would probably be amongst the worst that I've ever seen personally with their cap situation. See, look at last year, they only had like, what, an eight eight or nine-man rotation. The bench players that really came off was Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, Jordan Bell, and Alfonso McKinney. Iguodala started most of the season, you know, with had Draymond. He's played about all year, but they ran the small ball a lot. Now, Damian Jones was hurt quite often this past season. And they had depth, honestly, probably actually more about, they almost probably had a 10 or 11-man rotation, but the guys below, like, Livingston, Quinn, Cook, and Iguodala coming off the bench didn't see a whole lot of minutes. You know, Jordan Bell, with this season, I definitely realized that, uh, or recognized, I've seen that his minutes got cut, cut in half from they did the season before last. He played a lot as a rookie this past year, you know. They wanted that same four guys out there. They wanted Curry, Clay, KD, and Draymond. 40 minutes a night. All players, 40 minutes a night. You know, ESPN, one of their colleagues, Bobby Marks, smart guy when it comes to, uh, you know, NBA cap space. I like what he normally talks about. He said that uh, that this team, as of right now, they're not a playoff team. That was big. You know, going into start of the season, before, you know, the Collie Stein signing, it really just happened before I got on the air here. Starting five would have been Curry, D'Lo. I believe that Jacob Evans kid out of Cincinnati they took of the draft last season. Draymond and Kevon Looney. Before Kevon Looney coming back would have been Damian Jones. You know, minus Iguodala coming off the bench. Sean Livingston, talk about retirement the past couple seasons. Quinn Cook, I don't even think he's on the team right now. I think he's free agent. What in the hell would have your bench been? You would have won some games and you wouldn't have competed every night. That first five on the floor is going to be tired as hell. Remember I seen, you know, after Bobby Marks said those words that they're not going to be a playoff team next year, I, I thought about that pretty hard. 
the way that, you know, Curry and Draymond are, not seeing them in the playoffs in the Western Conference, I was like, you got to be kidding me. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. And then after I really thought about, you know, what's happened this free agency, in my eyes, 12 of these Western Conference teams are all playoff contenders. The only three teams that I think are not not going to make it, I think Minnesota's not going to make it again. I don't think Phoenix Suns are going to make it. And the third team, you know, if I actually had to choose, it's actually kind of hard coming down to, you know, the last few teams, but maybe Sacramento might get, you know, game snubbed out again by about a game or two. All eyes going to be on the Western Conference this season, man. Especially with Kevin Durant moving to the Eastern Conference. We ain't going to see him this first year, but... It's going to be an interesting uh, year out west, man. A wild, wild west. It's been this way since probably... As long as I can remember. 2006, 2007. The Western Conference has overruled the league year after year after year. One thing I want to say before I call it quits tonight on the NBA podcast, I'm going to say this. Kawhi Leonard goes back to the Toronto Raptors. Maybe, but just maybe, the era of super teams in the NBA are done. They're over, abonished, kicked out the door and locked out, never coming back. Hopefully, you know, every team's at full health. We get some balance in this league again, man. Anxious to see it. That's going to wrap up this uh, tonight's episode of NBA Midcourt. Every weekday, drop the podcast probably no later than 7 p.m. If it don't come out by then, I ain't going to drop one for the night. But always, it's going to be released right here. On the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.